Hello, this is Andy, and you're listening to Federal Andy. If you really want to know about the two major parties that we have in the United States today, you really need to look no further than social media. And when you check, look at the comments the Republicans are posting on Twitter, Facebook, and compare those with the comments you see from Democrats. The Republicans are going to be focused on things like the Biden administration wants to take your washing machines away from you or your gas stoves. Now, that was not ever anything that was said by Biden or the Biden administration. They want to protect the environment, and they want to save you money by making things more efficient. That's a benefit to the American people. At no point did they say, we're going to come and take your gas stoves out of your house or your washing machines. But yet you're going to find Republicans saying that. And you ought to ask yourself, why are they doing this? Because that's not what the Democrats said. That's not what Joe Biden said. Same as the thing about they want to take your guns away from you. How many years have we heard that? How many times? And do you know what happens every time they say that? Lots of people go out and buy lots and lots of guns. And you know what that means? That means that the Republicans get a lot more money in, quote, campaign donations, end quote, because the gun manufacturers are now flooding the politicians with money because, oh, you guys did your job. You got your poorly educated supporters to get out and buy lots of guns. (laughs) So, yeah, if you want to know who is being serious, contrast the posts. I see Democrats talking about things that are constructive. They have kind of a positive um, outlook, things we're trying to do to help correct a situation, or these are the things we would like to do that will make life better for millions of Americans. And I appreciate that. And it's sometimes it's difficult to be hopeful these days. But when you look at what the Republicans are posting, and this includes the official accounts of the GOP, and they're all negative, very dark, very fearful things. It's like they are reaching up out of a dark hole and they're trying to grab a hold of us and pull us down into that dark hole with them where we're afraid of everything. And we don't have much faith that the United States is going to survive and that we're going to get through this together. 
I don't know about you, but I, I don't think when you have a political party that is preaching gloom and doom, and at the same time they're not doing anything to try to correct it, uh, that's not the party that you want to be making decisions for you. And why is it that the Republicans seem dead set on hurting Americans? Lots of Americans don't have health care or can't afford it. Democrats have tried with the Affordable Care Act, also known as Obamacare, and millions of people have health care because of that. Republicans have been trying to take it away. I just read that Republicans in the state of Missouri lowered the minimum wage in the state of Missouri. Now take that with a grain of salt because I haven't taken time to verify that, but that was an article in a national publication from what I recall. I couldn't tell you what it was exactly, and I, I will go back and look and update either in the comments or in the next podcast. But if I recall correctly, the Republicans voted to lower the minimum wage in Missouri from $10 an hour to $7.70. Really, Republicans? Really? <laughs> That's a considerable amount of money. So what are you going to do now with all the people that have bills that they could afford at $10 an hour, but they can't afford it at $7.70 an hour. You know, the Republican Party doesn't want student loan forgiveness. <laughs> you know, that would help the economy. That would help everybody. Because all those folks that are spending all that money on student loans, and if the truth be known, chances are, the, the principal of those student loans has probably been paid back for a lot of those students, plus some interest, because the interest is ridiculous. Anyway, just something to think about. Uh, I'm going to let you listen to <laughs> one of my favorite Republicans and the latest idiotic sentiment. I don't know. Some, I, I, I really almost hope that they have staffers who write these posts for them, these tweets or whatever, because it really makes me concerned that we have people that think this way in Congress. And maybe the staffers are writing it, but maybe the representative or the senator is telling them basically what to write. I don't know. I don't want to go into that dark hole with the Republicans. That's all I can say. Anyway, if any of this sounds interesting to you, stay tuned. Episode 127. Just call her Marshy. Here's one from the, oh my gosh, you just can't make this stuff up department. I do have my favorite people in Congress. 
And when we are talking about favorites on the right side of the aisle, the Republican Party, I am not using the word favorite or favorites in a complimentary manner. I know. Shameful. I know. I was taught that if you can't say something nice about someone, don't say anything at all. But, oops. Anyway, some of my favorites in the Republican Party, of course, include Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert. They are the PR queens of the Republican Party, are they not? Any type of publicity at all, good or bad, they are delighted with it. If they can open their mouths and say something stupid that is going to get them on the nighttime news shows, or in the case of Fox News, the nighttime propaganda slash commentary shows, they're just thrilled, thrilled. Others in the Republican Party, of course, Kevin McCarthy ranks right up there, and Mitch McConnell. Ugh. Jim Jordan is a favorite. James Langford from Oklahoma, love him. He's really great, as well as Mark Wayne Mullen. Uh, Louis Gohmert, ugh. Don't asparagus him. Remember that? Um, yeah, there's quite a list. Actually, I would have to say most of the Republicans are probably not among my favorite people in Congress or in the human race. And one of them that has to rank right up there is Senator Marsha Blackburn. She's from Tennessee. And she has been representing the people of Tennessee for a very long time now. And she always puts her constituents first, which is why at one point I read that she was awarded the honor of being one of the most corrupt people in Congress. Congratulations, Marsha. I hope you have a trophy on your uh, mantle for that one. But she is so devoted to Tennessee. Let me just give you some statistics about Tennessee. And this would be a direct result of her leadership in the state of Tennessee because she was the state senator for the 7th Congressional District of Tennessee from 1999 to 2003. And then she moved to the U.S. House of Representatives from 2003 to 2019. And then in 2019, the people of Tennessee were so delighted with her performance that they put her in as their senator in the U.S. Senate. And that's where she is today. Six-year terms in the Senate. Doesn't have to run so often. That way she can uh, keep all that campaign money in her slush fund a little bit longer. Doesn't have to waste it on trying to make people vote for her. Well, let's just see, how does she rate here? Tennessee comes in at number 40 in the nation for health care. 40? That's near the bottom. That's not good, is it? Mm -mm. Education, it comes in at number 33. That's kind of sort of a little lower than the middle. Crime, 
I know she's very, very concerned about crime. I remember her griping about the crime rate in the country, the Biden administration's crime rate uh, before the midterms. Well, Tennessee ranks 42 out of 50 for crime. So, you know, uh, okay. Natural environment comes in at 39. Um, Infant mortality is 11. And that's at the top of the list, which that's not good in this case. Sometimes you want to be at the top and sometimes you want to be at the bottom. Infant mortality, you would want to be at the bottom of the list because the the fewer you have, the better. Uh, People who are college educated in Tennessee, 36.2% of the population. Okay. Well, she is always on the lookout for things that are going to be bad for the people of Tennessee and the United States of America. And right now, she is throwing a fit about washing machines. Yes, washing machines. Uh huh. You know, the things that are in the utility room. Well, she's all in a dither about washing machines now. And let me tell you what's going on here. She found out that the Biden administration has proposed that they ought to make washing machines more efficient. And this past week on Wednesday, Blackburn put a video up on Twitter talking about the Department of Energy's plans to ensure that new washing machines use less water and uh, to help battle against climate change change. And, well, she just thinks that that's a horrible thing. Now, the Department of Energy has said that changes to appliances, such as clothes washers and refrigerators, could save American consumers $3.5 billion per year on their energy and water bills. Well, that seems like a good idea, doesn't it? But the manufacturers don't like that. Mm-mm. No, sorry, not at all. They said the manufacturers have said that these changes will mean each cycle will take longer and that the detergent's going to cost more and the clothes will not be as clean. Wow. Okay. Wow. That's kind of a concern. But that comes from the manufacturers. I wonder what they're basing that on. Well, there are people who don't agree with the manufacturers and have suggested that this outrage from the manufacturers is, well, (laughs) manufactured. And that includes Blackburn's claim that people will not be able to use the washing machine that they currently have. You know what? They're They're coming to get the guns, I'm sure. They've been talking about that for years. And now they're going to come for our washing machines, too. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And the gas stoves. My gosh, we're going to have to replace every appliance in the house. Holy cow. Oh my gosh. What is this world coming to? Well, people don't don't agree with Marsha Blackburn, of course, and they say that that is not a true statement. And, of course, she was on the gas stove brigade as well, all in a dither about the gas stoves. Blackburn said, quote, 
I think if you like your washing machine, you should be able to keep your washing machine. Now we are hearing the Biden administration are wanting to make washing machines less efficient, use a different detergent that's new, going to cost you more, and your clothes won't be as clean. End quote. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, okay. Anyway, um, here, here's the thing. Here's the thing, Marsha. I have a front-loading washer and dryer that I purchased back in 2006. And I bought it at Sears. That's when they still had Sears stores all over the place. And they're Kenmore. And I bought it because I had a Sears credit card. And I think they gave me a deal where I had a year to pay off everything. And as long as I paid it off within 12 months of purchase, there was no interest on it. And they were expensive when I bought them. In the mid-2000s, um, I want to say that the washer and dryers were close to $2,000 each. Plus, I bought the um, pedestals that they sit on. And those pedestals were like incredibly expensive, $250, $500, something like that. So almost $5,000 for a new set of washers and dryers. And they are HE, they're high, high efficiency, and I have to buy the HE detergent. And all I can tell you is they may run a little bit longer than the, the top-loading machine that I had before that used a lot more water and you could put any kind of detergent pretty much that you wanted in it. But they're quieter and you use less detergent. And I will tell you, my washing machine uses so little water, it's almost like you're dry-cleaning your clothes. There's, it just does not use that much water. And they come out clean. In fact, I have put clothes in that I used to wear around the house when I was working, uh, doing repairs around the house or on the car or whatever. They would have you know stains or something on them. And even though they'd been washed several times in the top loader, after washing them a time or two in the front loader, those stains were gone. So they actually did a really good job of cleaning your clothes. Don't have any stinky smells. Very rarely do I have to run something back through a second time. And no difference in the water bill or the electric bill using them with two people in the household. So I don't know. I don't know what she's talking about. Um, I can certainly see where they could get a little more efficient. They have, I'm sure, developed lots of new technology since 2006. I can say that my dishwasher was put in in 2012, and it's one of the new designs that has the pulse washing system, and it does run a lot longer than the old ones. The old ones, you could put a load of dishes in, turn the dishwasher on, and it would run nonstop for like an hour. And at that point, it would go into the drying cycle. And they were done. This one takes, it can take two hours. It can take an hour and a half. 
depending on the soil level because there's a sensor in it that detects how much soil and if there's more soil it runs longer and they've worked with the detergent manufacturers and they realized that if you allow the hot water solution with the detergent to sit on the dishes and the glassware and the silverware and all of that for a little bit longer that they do a much better job of cleaning and i can tell you in the 12 years that i've had this dishwasher knock on wood where is wood let me hear can't take chances um i have never had anything come out of the dishwasher that wasn't absolutely crystal clean so um you just plan ahead and if you run the dishwasher at night what difference does it make how long it runs washing machine um my experience is that the dryers usually take a little bit longer than the washing machine unless you're doing a soak cycle or something like that and so probably wouldn't make that much of a difference but my washing machine spins clothes at a higher speed so when you pull the clothes out of the washer they're much drier than they were in the top loader ones so i see it as a huge improvement over what was available in the mid 90s for instance because the top loader i had was purchased in the mid 90s and it was a nice one so anyway um that's progress and uh with all of the issues we're having with water and everything right now i think it's probably wise that we'd take steps to try to uh do what we can to save water and electricity don't you and as far as uh the um manufacturers saying that um clothes will uh, uh come out uh not as clean and that the detergent's going to cost more and that the cycles are going to run longer you know how do they even know and from what i've seen lately from a lot of the manufacturers especially the appliance manufacturers they really need to like get back to the drawing board and do things a little better than they've been doing. While I can't complain about my Whirlpool dishwasher, other than the fact that the silverware basket that goes supposed to go on the bottom rack, in my dishwasher, you can put it on one side or along the front or along the back of the rack, wherever you want it. And I have it on the side of the rack. Uh, which is where they kind of show it in the illustration in the uh, manual that came with the dishwasher. And most of the time, I don't use the heated drying setting because I don't need to have the dishes taken out right away. I usually have it uh, where the heat's turned off. And that's what I usually do. Now, during the winter time, when it's cold and we're using heat in the house sometimes i will turn on the heat to go ahead and dry the dishes because it puts a little heat and humidity into the air and i noticed the other day that the uh, one of the utensils was stuck on the i was trying to pull the bottom rack out and it wouldn't pull out because it was stuck on the bottom of the dishwasher and i thought how in the heck did that get down there 
And so I had to <laughs> pull the silverware basket and everything out. And I realized that right where the, um, I think it was a spoon handle, where, where it was sitting, the plastic on the basket, which of course is perforated on the bottom, had like melted or crumbled or it was flaky. It was like turning into powder. And I realized that it was from the heating element because that's right over where the heating element is. And I thought, who would make a dishwasher with a heating element and not have stuff in the dishwasher that could handle the amount of heat that the heating element puts out? I don't know that it's getting too hot. Maybe it could be. It doesn't seem like it. Nothing else is uh, showing any signs of getting overheated. Um, but, you know, that's just kind of a bad design, don't you think? Especially considering the fact that it's, well, yeah, it's a little, it's about 10 years old now. But as I said, most of the time I don't have the heat on. And I realize that the heating element can come on when the dishwasher is running if it needs to heat the water up a little bit more. But I am pretty good about running hot water at the kitchen sink. I try to plan things out where if I'm going to run hot water at the kitchen sink, I turn the dishwasher on as soon as I'm done so that I know there's hot water there because I am trying. We don't have a water shortage where I live, but I'm trying to be aware of what's going on in the world with water. So most of the time it's been air dried. And I would think that it should have been designed to last longer than that. So I would have to ask Whirlpool, what the heck? What the heck is the deal? And I'll tell you, I've had some issues with Whirlpool lately. Uh, the refrigerator that we have is a 20... I think it's a 2018. It's a side-by-side, frost-free, water and ice in the door. And it is designed really, really, really poorly. The water nozzle that dispenses the water is placed right at the edge of the drip tray, right over the edge of the drip tray. It's got a big drip tray in it, but the water nozzle is at the very front of the drip tray. And when it drips, and it does drip, it falls right on the edge of the drip tray. And a lot of times it runs down the front of the door of the refrigerator. And hard water stains on a stainless steel or a black refrigerator are not attractive. My refrigerator is black and it has like an automotive finish on it. And you can't clean it with regular household cleaners. You're supposed to mix up dishwashing liquid and water with a soft microfiber rag and you're supposed to wipe it down and then rinse the rag out or get another rag and rinse the the front of the of the refrigerator off and then get another microfiber towel and dry it by hand and then when you're done you get out your car wax and you wax the dang thing and sometimes I have to wax the area where those hard water spots are two or three times to get all of the hard water spots off because you can't use anything uh, chemically to get the hard, hard water spots off. 
Maybe I should use a car wash on it, see if that works. But the bottom line is the design sucks because the nozzle should be far enough back that it drips into the drip tray. And hey, how about designing one that doesn't drip? Because I had a Kenmore refrigerator, which I think was made by Whirlpool that I bought in the 90s, and it never dripped. So that's a problem. And let's see, the ice maker shuts itself off sometimes, which the repair guy told me is a problem with all of them. He said, all of the ice makers and refrigerators today are garbage. All of them. We've had problems with the compressors not lasting very long. Basically, I was told the same thing. It's bad design. They're garbage. The uh, coils that you're supposed to keep clean that are underneath the dishwasher or underneath the, I'm sorry, the refrigerator. On the Whirlpools, they run them side to side. So when you get down there with the vacuum and you take that grill off of the front of the refrigerator, you can only clean the very front of the coils. Used to be the coils ran forward to backwards so you could get in there with the vacuum or you could get in there with the coil brush and get all the animal fur and the dust bunnies and all of that stuff out from between the coils. And that allows the air to pass through, keeps the compressor um, cooler so it lasts longer. But on the Whirlpools, you can get to the front coils and that's it. The ones in the back and in the middle, forget it. Forget it. And of course, the design of the water dispenser where it drips, I've had three different valves put in while it was under warranty and they all dripped. And the repair guy said, same thing that he said about everything else, junk, junk. This is a Whirlpool repair man. They checked the water pressure at the house to make sure I didn't have too much water pressure. But he said, your, your water pressure is fine. And this is a common problem with these. It's a bad design. They should have never approved it. So I'd like to know from Whirlpool what moron approved that design. And I, I know that they're making refrigerators with that all the time. I see it on TV and in movies. They always have the stainless steel refrigerators with that design. I looked at getting a, one of the French door refrigerators, but they are deeper. And my house was built in the 60s, and I don't have the extra depth without modifying the kitchen, and I don't want to do that. So I'm kind of stuck with an older design, and the repairman told me if you want a refrigerator that's going to last without having problems, he said get a frost-free refrigerator, a, not a side-by-side, -side, just a double door. You can get the freezer on top or on the bottom. Don't get an ice maker. Get a name brand, GE, um, Whirlpool, something like that, and uh, take care of it. And he said, you might get 10 years out of it tops. And I'm like, okay, well, that's just, uh, that's just great. <laughs> so I'm going to guess that the manufacturers probably um, don't have the public's best interest in mind. Because to have a refrigerator that has problems that are so common and have it marketed for years and years and years, because the repairman told me that this design has been on, had been on the market for a few years and that they made other refrigerators too. I think Whirlpool still made some Kenmores um, at one point that had the same design. It just had a 
Kenmore on it, but it was made by Whirlpool. And I don't know who who would <laughs> who would put a water valve with a drip tray under it to catch drips and to catch you know ice. Ice always gets stuck in the ice chute too, more than any I've ever had. And I've had side by side refrigerators mostly since uh, I can remember my parents had a Sears cold spot back in the um, would have been late sixties. And uh, it had, uh, it had that kind of the same design and it had a water nozzle um, as well, but it never, it never dripped and ice maker didn't shut itself off. And I think that one lasted quite a while from what I remember. So at any rate, um, that is what the focus is right now with Marsha Blackburn in Tennessee. So if you live in Tennessee, don't you feel loved by your senator? She is right on top of it with the appliances. She's going to go after the people that want to take your gas stoves away. They're just going to kick your front door down, I guess, and just come in and disconnect those gas stoves and haul them out of your house and throw them on a truck and tell you to go buy an electric stove and call an electrician and have them wire the house for electric there. And while they're in the house, they probably now will take your washing machine as well and your guns. They can do all three in one trip. Ugh, those those mean Dems and Libs. Good grief. <laughs> anyway, one of the uh, Twitter comments that uh, I read that I thought was hilarious <laughs> was uh, somebody wrote that uh, Blackburn was, quote, stuck on the spin cycle, <laughs> end quote, or end tweet. And I thought that that was... Uh, um, I thought that was pretty funny. And um, again, there are some other issues, Marsha, rather than trying to just get yourself on TV and, and get press coverage to make your constituents think you're actually doing something for them. That infant mortality being 11th in the country for infant mortality, that's not good. You ought to do something about that. And you rank number 40 for healthcare. Do you think maybe those two might be related? Do you think maybe you need to do something about health care in Tennessee? Because I know you're pro-life, and I know that you don't want women in Tennessee to be able to have access to abortions, but your infant mortality rate is 11. Maybe you ought to try to save the babies that are being born in Tennessee because they're wanted and they're dying, you know, just a suggestion. And um, healthcare, why don't you shoot for being closer to the top in healthcare? Might make a little bit of a difference. Uh, I don't know, but those are not good statistics in, in my opinion. And kind of typical of red states because the states with the highest infant mortality rates are red states, along with the states that have the highest poverty rates. So. Um, perhaps you really ought to focus on things that actually matter to constituents. Um, raising the minimum wage would probably be a good thing because people are really having a difficult time um, with inflation. And that is something that 
you all in Congress could do that would help raise the minimum wage so that everybody has more money and they can afford the higher grocery bills and everything, since you obviously don't want to do anything to the corporations that are gouging your constituents and consumers right now. And I guess on that, um, <laughs> I'm going to let you go, but I do have uh, one more comment that I, I thought was, was good from a Twitter person that said, quote, this senator of the United States of America has nothing better to do than to attack POTUS about the efficiency of washing machines. Um, oh gosh, what is this thing doing now? Oh, in washing machines. The world's greatest deliberative body is being disgraced and demeaned. Is this the America you want to live in? America first? Humiliating. End quote. That was from uh, the user, uh, goes by the name Kokomo, at Kokomo 31078580. That is a good response, Kokomo. And I just wanted you to know, I thought that that was uh, kind of clever. So on that note, I'm going to let y'all go. And um, I appreciate your time. And I will be talking to you again soon. Take care. And apparently Marsha knew I was going to be talking about her because just after I finished this um, episode, before I edited it, I noticed that she was back again with more. And she wants everybody to know that our freedoms are under attack here in the United States. This is Marsha Blackburn, Senator in the U.S. Senate, the greatest deliberative body in the world. And she's very concerned, very, very concerned. And she said, quote, whether it is your light bulbs, your toilet flushers, your shower heads, your gas stoves, or this week your washing machines, and I think if you want to make a lot of mamas unhappy, go for the stoves and the washing machines, end tweet. Uh, and, of course, I did notice that uh, somebody was trying to ask her a question about opioids on camera, and she um, <laughs> kind of ran away from those questions. I think she took something like $700,000 from drug makers. So, you know, she can't be talking about her drug manufacturers badly, you know? They can't. So, anyway, Marsha just keeps on coming. So I'm sure that there will be more. I think she might be competing with Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert to be the most disgusting, idiotic person in the Congress right now. That's going to be a tough, tough competition, I'm afraid. But um, I'm sure one of them will probably win. Thanks again. Hope you guys and gals have a good weekend, unless you have other plans. Thank you for listening. I would be grateful to you if you'd subscribe and share this podcast to let your friends and family know about it. You can also find me on Twitter at Federal Andy, and I'd be really grateful if you would follow me. I usually follow back. Be happy, safe, and healthy. And I'll hopefully be talking to you again next week. Mm -hmm.